Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, the cat's... The Grizz for the 119th time on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to this. By the way, we are working feverishly to bring you some some cool stuff this week. Uh, Friday, as you probably know by now, but we are going to be in uh, uh, Bozeman doing this show live from the Universal Athletic, which also houses and thereby is the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and uh, so we're going to be there from 4 to 6 doing the show uh, at that time. So we look forward to a special show then. But also, on Saturday morning, the day of the game, from 7 to 10 a.m., uh, we're working on putting together kind of a special feature, uh, kind of an hour-long uh, uh, space of content that includes commentary from Culture and myself, but also some of the compelling portions of interviews that we've done throughout this week, just to have stuff to listen to as you get ready for Cat Grizz on Saturday. Of course, a noon kickoff, Root Sports Television uh, uh, on that. But uh, Saturday morning, we'll have the Penn State-Ohio State game for you started kicking off at 10 a.m. Uh, on uh, on ESPN Radio, but leading up to that, we're gonna get in some Cat Grizz stuff for you. So some special uh, programming for you on Saturday. But Coulter, here is one notable item that's coming out of this year's game: 119 times these two teams have played each other. This is the second time that they are both ranked inside of the top 10. Now. Obviously, there's some caveat to that where the first, oh, I don't know, 50 or 60 times, I don't even know if there was such a thing as a top 10 ranking. They were not even for a long stretch playing in the same division of football. Right. So we all understand that. But even if you just fast forward to 1963 and the the development uh, and the opening of the Big Sky Conference, which both schools are charter members of, it's, it, 
It was 2011, the first time that they're both in the top 10 when it came time for them to play each other. So this is an absolute treat. This is what we've been hoping for, to have something like this, three versus eight as it is. Let's look, though, Coulter, at that 2011 game because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it may be... I'm not saying it, two completely different situations and scenarios going on, of course, coaches totally. and everything. But these two teams, in terms of where they were in a national prominence and the collision course they were on, and Montana State, but number one in the nation in that football game. I think that there's actually a lot more parallels, or at least similarities than you might actually think. Mm. Montana State was in their fifth year under Rob Ash. This year they're in their fourth year under Jeff Choate. The Cats had broken through, let's see, 2007, 8, 9, I guess the, Ash was 07, Yeah, so they're in their fifth year under Rob Ash. Yep. And they'd broken in for the first Big Sky title in year four yeah. with Daenerys McGee as a, as a freshman who won the Offensive Player of the Year in the league at quarterback. And on the other side, Robin Flugrad was in his second year at Montana. And that first year was a little bit clunky, and they lost some games down the stretch, and they lost Cat Grizz on a fumble on the goal line by Chase Reynolds. It just happened to be about two and a half minutes left on the clock. It said eight seconds, so it wasn't as resounding as last year, but still such a similar situation, not to compare Chase Reynolds and Adam Eastwood because those are worlds apart. I mean, Chase Reynolds is one of the greats of all time. And go check out the ESPN roundtable from last week as well because I thought that was one of the great ESPN roundtables we've done. Chase was... It it was, and I think we're going to have some of that interview with Chase Reynolds on Saturday morning for so, Great. I, I thought he was, was phenomenal. Was I thought he described the uh, the common enemy that Bobby Houck was to his players his first tenure at Montana more perfectly than any other former Grizz we've had on the show mm-hmm. and we've talked about that same subject. Mm-hmm. But that Grizz team lost and missed the playoffs. 17-year streak in the playoffs in, was ended in 2010 with that Cat Grizz loss. But then 2011, the Grizz catch fire. They were 3-2. and two. They had lost at Sac State, which I think was the first time they'd ever lost at Sac State since Sac State had joined the Big Sky. And then they went on an absolute tear. And Jordan Johnson threw six touchdowns against Weber State, and the offense just took off. And that came to a head with then Montana going to Montana State and pulverizing the Bobcats. They beat the number one team in the country 36-10. to They did whatever they wanted. They ran the ball early and often. Dan Moore was outstanding. Caleb McSurdy was a tone setter on defense. But I don't. I want the parallels to stop at kickoff, not what's going to happen on Saturday compared to what happened that Saturday. But I do think that there's a lot of parallels, both in terms of the arc of the programs, like I just described with the two coaches and where they were at. But some of the pivotal and pinnacle figures in that game, and Dante Olsen, to me, is the most like Caleb McSurdy, who's the 2011 Defensive Player of the Year for Montana. He doesn't. McSurdy did not run nearly as well as Olsen. But they were similar in terms of like their inside linebacker, enforcer. Everybody in the league knows this guy is the dude. So I think there's a parallel there. I think Jordan Johnson and Dalton Sneed are similar quarterbacks. Dual threat guys. Not the biggest guy in the world, but really savvy, competitive winners. I think that there was a lot of parallels uh, in terms of the way that the receivers operated. I mean, that Grizz group of receivers led by Jabin Zambrano really good, but then he also had the, the Montana born and bred tight ends led by Greg Hardy. I mean, the roster construction was pretty similar even mm-hmm. though Robin Flugrad and Bobby Houck, I mean, it makes a little sense because Flugrad had been on Houck's staff and a lot of those guys were Houck guys, Houck exactly. recruits. Um, but now here in year two under, Mon, uh, under Bobby Houck this year, the Grizz are really surging. I think that there's a similar element in terms of the momentum that they've been able to gain over this over the season. The way that they're really acclimated maybe more quickly than people thought in year two under this under this staff. 
But then at Montana State, you look there, the one glaring difference is Daenerys McGee. There is no Daenerys McGee at Montana State. I mean, shoot, if Daenerys McGee played at Montana State right now, Montana State might be the favorite to win the but national championship. But also in 2011... There was no Troy Anderson. There was no Troy Anderson, certainly. And there's and that's he's the anomalous figure in this entire thing because there's actually really never been a guy like Troy Anderson. No. Not at Montana, Montana State, or really anywhere. But Montana State, even though they did have a great quarterback, they were awesome on the offensive line, just like they are now. They were really, really good running the football, although it was way more of a, a dual-back system rather than a... <laughs> As you said yesterday in the press conference, 18 running backs. Bobby Hawk looked at two tellings like, 18? Really? But they really have <laughs> 19, They really have had 19 guys carry the ball. They're not all running backs. They've had quarterbacks and receivers and everybody else carry the ball too. But yeah. I thought it was pretty funny uh, because it actually wasn't that far-fetched or outlandish of a, a statement. You just didn't really put it into preface. And Bobby was like, 18? Really? I mean, I was trying to exaggerate, but it turned out that it, I was slightly, but actually not nearly as much as it might seem. Uh, that is that is true. But great offensive line, great run game. Cody yeah. Kirk and, and Trey Robinson, you know, Montana State, they run even more running backs than that. But then you look at the Cats' D-line back then with Zach Minter and Caleb Schreibeis and Brad Daly. More, more of a sort of blue collar than this year's group, but similarly dominant. I think that the linebackers were, were sort of the same. And then the safeties, you know, you got athletic, diverse guys. I mean, yeah. the personnel overlay is pretty good. I think that the biggest outliers are Troy Anderson, like you said. Daenerys McGee is not on Montana State. The Cats don't have a receiver really like Elvis Akpla. But then on the Grizz side of things, there is so many. Um, I mean, I actually Analogs. I had never thought of it until right now. Samari Torre is a lot like Javon Zambrano. He's not quite as fast, and he's a, he's significantly bigger, but they're very similar in just how smooth and flossy they are. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think I think it's a very interesting overlay, and I think that it's cool because here's the thing: when the when the Cats won in Missoula to end the streak in 2002, it kicked off this golden age of Cat Grizz games where it's nine to eight, nine to eight. Right but, now, but, so from so. 2002 till 2011, every single time the winner of that game won or shared the Big Sky Conference title, except for one year. That happened to be true because Montana won. The game and won the league title. It wouldn't have been true in like 2006 through 2008 yeah. if Montana State would have won it. But either way, you still got the winner winning the Big Sky. But as far as either team could win the Big Sky and either team could get a playoff bid and a buy, it's been seven years, and that was the first time in forever, in ever, that the, either of these teams have been in the top ten. So I think that even though sometimes we can be hyperbolous, the fact of the matter is this really is, in terms of the national ramifications, one of the biggest games in the history of the rivalry. It's 2 tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. I do think there's, you know, for, for all the analogies there are, there's going to be disanalogies as well. What you talk about, you said you wanted the analogies to end at kickoff because 35 to 6. 36 to 36 10. 36 to 10, excuse yeah. me. Ooh, I mean, obviously any score, I suppose, is in the realm of possibility. Don't anticipate that being the case on Saturday. Who knows? But the point is, is that Montana State has got to come into this game, it seems to me, with just a gigantic amount of, of confidence. They're playing well. Anyways, but also they are the they beat Montana three times straight with with now a senior class that doesn't even know what losing to Montana is. They just go out and they win. They expect to win this game, which I don't know. When Montana State was the number one team in 2011, 
Now, the, the back and forth had begun, certainly, over the course of the last decade of time. But I don't think that team was entering this particular game with an expectation, which I anticipate this year's Montana State team is entering this game with. I think the the two biggest advantages that Montana State has in this game from an intangible standpoint is one, exactly what you just said. It's not just that this this senior class has never lost to the Grizz. It's the fact that they came... There's seven fifth-year seniors on this team. They're all from Montana. They all came to play for Rob Ash. And then they watched Rob Ash get fired from getting whipped by the Grizz. And then when after they redshirted and then broke in the lineup, they all played right away. And they all have contributed heavily. And they all have done nothing but beat the Grizz. And so, I mean, call it what you want, but the, I mean, I, I asked each one of these young men, what's your favorite memory as a Bobcat? And they all said beating the Grizz three years in a row, we got to make it four. I'll do anything to make it four. Mm-hmm. It means everything to them. Yeah. And I think the second factor is that's into the Cats' advantage, especially when you compare it to that 2011 game, is the Cats are not number one in the country. I think the worst thing that ever happened in the Cats was being number one in the country. The Grizz <laughs> came in there just licking their lips like, right. we are going to destroy the number one team in the country. Then they did. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Uh, it's Two-Tone Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coming up uh, in this hour, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to Eve 6. This this show almost sold out uh, here now at the Top Hat tomorrow night. So uh, they are running scarce to get into the doors tomorrow evening. So we'll give you a pair of tickets. You can go to that thing have a have a good time. Uh, wanted to play a little sound for you from each of the coaches just on their sort of broad public statements, which you're sort of required to make about the rivalry in general. We'll hear from Jeff Choate first. This is from yesterday in the uh, in the press conference. 119th Brawl in the Wild, Montana Super Bowl. I don't think we need to talk about it a whole lot, honestly. Uh, the hype machine will go into overdrive, but uh, it's really unnecessary. I think that uh, uh, we've got two ranked opponents that uh, I think represent the best that this state has to offer on both sides. And so um, it's, it's interesting now after being here a couple of years, there's a lot of young men that, uh, that, that wear the other colors that are certainly guys that we recruited and know through the recruiting process, came to our camps, you get to know the kids. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun actually to see how they're developing within that program. And I'm sure the same thing's true on the other side. So there you go. Uh, Jeff Choate kind of setting it up a little bit, talking about the players. What Bobby Houck had to say about the rivalry uh, was eye-opening to me. I did not anticipate this, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, Coulter. Here you go, Bobby Howe from yesterday. I think about the rivalry game a lot. 
uh, through the year. I grew up around it, and I think we're really lucky to have a, a long-standing traditional rival. I think it's just a really cool deal that it's been played as many times as, as it has, and it's just a great game. But uh, I also think that the, the uh, animosity and the bitterness around it is out of hand. Um, is to the point where I don't think it's healthy. It certainly isn't any fun. And, I mean, I know people down there. I've got a lot of friends that that are down there, people I've known for 40 years. And, and uh, I mean, their pres is a nice lady. Their AD is a nice guy. I mean, I know a lot of those people. And I just I just think it's uh, it's become a little bit overbearing, frankly. So, you know, it's a big game. We're going to try hard to win it. So... First of all, the fact it is interesting. Like I can, the only thing I can think is is Michigan Ohio State, where there's a rivalry that is longstanding and very bitter that that crosses borders. Maybe there's others, but really, there's a whole bunch of schools that don't have an in-state rival either at all. In the case of like a Wisconsin, right, or that their in-state rival. I mean, maybe it's ebbs and flows, but like Oregon, Oregon State. Does, I mean, the Civil War is a big deal. Don't don't. It's a big deal, but but also, it's not that big a deal now because it's just such a. I don't know. The I don't know. The Apple Cup has a similar dynamic to Montana, Montana State. Yep. I think that the Cacarys rivalry is fiercer though, and it is filled with more vitriol. Well, and it, I guess the point is though is that you're lucky if you're. I mean, even even those are great, but even in California, okay, USC, UCLA. Maybe Arkansas, Cal Stanford. Arkansas, LSU is one that crosses borders. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. But Oklahoma, Texas. If you're a place like Wisconsin, if you're yeah. a place like Iowa, uh, you're not even the same conference as Iowa State, right? You know, and they play Colorado, Colorado State. It's a rivalry. Different conferences, different levels, frankly. And they play that game. I think it's the first game of the year, or the second game of the year. That they play yeah. that thing. Um, it's not just for granted that you get to the last game of the year and you have a great rivalry game. Some teams do. Uh, you know, the Iron Bowl, okay. The 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 the, the Wolverines and the Buckeyes and the Apple Cup and the Civil War. Those are those are those are great rivalries. But it's it's not for granted that you're gonna get that. I mean, North Dakota, North Dakota State is not a rivalry, you know? And so to have that is very cool. I was surprised though that Bobby Houck took the onus to address uh, the animosity and bitterness, as he put it, of what he is seeing and or hearing around the rivalry. And in the moment, I, I, you go into these press conferences and you say, you know, okay, I have some questions in here and some general thoughts that I'm trying going to, you know, see how this goes, who asks what, and, and kind of articulate my questions as well. Um I had not anticipated him saying that, and if I had known that that was going to be there, I would have liked to have asked him where, what he was hearing or what had happened in the last year and a half or whatever it is that led him to say that, because he didn't flesh that out. And also, he did go on to poke the cats repeatedly throughout the press conference, which, again, I have no problem with in both directions. I mean, being... being spiteful and angry and acerbic about something and being the head coach who's going to lead the smack talking in a, you know, somewhat understated, but yet still very, very deliberate way. I got no problem with that in either direction here whatsoever. And yet also at the point that you say, Hey, I think 
This is getting out of hand. I think this is crazy. I have no idea why they call the mascot champ. Like, those are the things where you go, well, there is a little bit of a disconnect, it seems to me, at least. Like, if you really want to quell it, then quell it. But Bobby Houck, I mean, we know what he's going to do. He's going to get up there and he's going to say some things a little bit subtly and some things not so subtly and all of it to the same ends, which are, you know, effectively, we are better than Montana State. I mean, that's that's the sort of underlying to me at least disposition that he is coming at this stuff with. But I would like to know, look, the social media and all of that stuff has allowed everybody to get on there and some people anonymously or relatively anonymously to say whatever they want to do, all of the, you know, whether whether it's... Yeah, it's the, gross. The, 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 the boards and all that that they have on Makes there. Makes my head hurt. Well, you know, and it is what it is. And you know what? It's not unique to Missoula or to Bozeman or it's to not. Montana. It's everywhere. But I would like to know what Coach Houck is sort of referring to when he's saying the 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 bitterness and the the acrimony about this rivalry. What is it that he's seeing, or is he just saying that? I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, if I would, if I had been thinking in the moment, that I would have asked him that, but I didn't. Wasn't there for me. I mean, we could talk for two hours about. Well, just I think that's what we're supposed in, to do. It's our job. Out, the ins and outs of that of that specific press conference, Montana press conferences in general. Bobby Houck, the way he talks, the way he, what he says, what he doesn't say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could do a full two-hour deal about analyzing Coach Houck, but we'll spare you. I, I just don't think that's productive in any sort of way. Um, I think that on one hand, the premise of what Bobby Houck said yesterday was great. I think that this is my favorite year or week of the entire year. Yep. There's no question about it. Yep. But it's also my least favorite week. Because most people can't, most people that follow this, that listen to this show, that read Skyline Sports, that follow the, the Grizz and the Cats passionately, they do it with passion. And they can't understand that someone like me or someone like you could have the equal amount of passion for the sport and have no passion for either team involved. We certainly, as Montana citizens, want Montana and Montana State to be as good as they possibly can to perform up to par to meet expectations. We want both of them to be good. But other than that, we have no rooting interest in any of this, but most people can't understand that. And this week it turns into, it doesn't matter what I tweet or what I post or what we write or what we say. People spin it with some sort of, like, we have an agenda. That part I hate. And then when it gets to the point where it's not just, oh, you're a Grizz guy, you're a cat guy, I can handle that. I got thick enough skin, whatever. If you think that I wrote a story about the Grizz, that makes me a Grizz fan, or I wrote a story about the cats, makes me a cat fan, fine. Bring it on. Thanks for reading. That's what I always say. But when it turns ugly, I mean, there was some t- Twitter stuff going on over the weekend into Monday where there was some Grizz people getting after uh, a Bozeman reporter for predicting that the, that Montana was going to lose to Weber State, which, by the way, is not some outrageous prediction. I mean, <laughs> Weber State was the number three team in the country. Right. And she said, I think, the, I think that the, the Wildcats will win a hard-fought game. I predicted Montana to win by one. Exactly. And then and <laughs> the Twitter just goes off calling this poor girl like every name in the book and you know, accusing her of being a cat and blah, blah, blah. She's like from Louisiana and she's like just in Bozeman at her first job doing her best and she does a good job. And that kind of stuff just makes me so infuriated. But do you think but, that's but, what Coach Houck is referring to is, is the, I, I, the, I, I the, think, the social media stuff? So on one hand, I think broadly what he said was good. I think that it fell completely flat for two reasons. First of all, there has been no person that has publicly instigated the hate that exists in the Cackers rivalry more than Bobby Houck 
over the last 15 or 20 years. Nobody. So it just he just looks like a hypocrite right away. When he says that opening statement and then nine minutes later makes a joke, which, by the way, like I agree with you. I have no problem with. I think it's funny. I think it's, it's great. It's funny. I think it's great promotion of yes. the game. I laughed out loud at the joke, but he said, I don't understand why they call their Bobcat champ, or why they call the mascot champ. Yeah. Great line. It, it was a smart aleck. But, but... It, but it makes it, it makes it, it makes him seem like he's a hypocrite. But then the last point I'll make is if you want to nail it, if you want to nail your opening statement, I mean, there's no question asked to him right there. He sits down, says, "This is what I'm going to say." Yep. He See. planned on saying it. Yeah. His name's Leon Costello. Her name is Wadid Cruzado. It's very easy to say that and legitimize your statement. Mm. Very easy. She's the president. I mean, she's she she Wadid Cruzado is the most powerful public figure in the state of Montana. You should use her name. Don't call her the lady president. Mm-hmm. Leon Costello is a very polite, nice, great guy who we enjoy much, and he's been on the show. Use his name; it, it, it gives you more power. Yeah, that's all. I, I I think that's fair, and and uh, again, broadly speaking, I, I understand. Here's the thing: it's it's sort of an odd situation when you, as the head coach, I mean, hate is a strong word, but can we can we have a little bit of nuanced understanding on this? Okay. In the context of a football game, you as a football player, it isn't that crazy to say, hey, is the the emotion that you are sort of working on and building up towards to play really in any football game, and particularly a rivalry football game. But it's also because it's a physical, violent sport that you that takes a lot of emotion, some of it negative, directed towards your opponent to play and play well. To be able to do that and to be the coach that generates that in your team both directions takes an edge that you have to be able to, uh, uh, you know, instill and also has to have a border around it that the context of this is a football game. None of the fans are playing in a football game. None of the, you know, you can you can think whatever you want to think about which school or which city or whatever that you want to, but at the end of the day, the, the way that a game transpires on a field to make you turn into a, a moron or worse is craziness. Yet, why you can't go, hey, your mascot should never be named. Like, if a fan were to say, it's great. You should smack talk in the stands. That's fun. Do it in a fun way. But obviously, you know, 19 beers too many down the line, and all of a sudden, you can't say that about my mascot. And then, you know, people are falling down the stairs. And, it's, and that is asinine. Any argument, any rivalry, any sort of circumstance like this, sports or otherwise, I think that the way that you have the utmost authority is to remove emotion from the situation. There's all your ammunition. You can have yeah. emotion behind it, but if you want to, I mean, if you want to be the best smack talker of all time, remove emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that. That's. Uh, I think it's true. I mean, you're you're right in a lot of ways. Fans can't remove emotion, though. I mean, that when you talk about what this is, it is emotional at its root. That's why it's a great rivalry. But it's a mo- it has to be directed in the right way. You know, that's when you can't lose touch with where or how you do it. So, I, I don't know. Sutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Take a break. On the other side, Danny Sprinkle. He's the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. They're 4-1. and one. They've won four straight. They're on their way to play Grand Canyon this evening. And uh, they're doing very well. We'll hear a former Cat player, who's the current Cat coach, going to coach in a basketball game in Arizona and then be back for the Cat Grizz football game. Lots of stuff going on, so we'll look forward to talking with him in a moment.
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Coulter Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. Coulter, why don't you start it off for us today, my man? Somewhere in the world, somewhere in the world we have this stuff, but rivalry week and state championship week around the Treasure State got off to an inauspicious start for the University of Montana. For the first time since 1947, the U.M. men's basketball team lost to Montana Tech. The Ore Diggers of the NAIA overcame a five-point deficit in the last two minutes of the game, forcing three turnovers in the final 87 seconds to rally for a 74-72 win in front of a a mostly stunned crowd of 2,857 on Monday night. Sindhu Diallo scored 24 points to lead the upset bid for the Diggs, who dished out 20 assists on 28 made baskets and knocked down 10 of 19 threes. Grizz senior Kendall Manuel scored 22 points but missed four of his five tries from deep as the Grizz fell to 1-3. The state volleyball tournament wrapped up over the weekend, and for the second straight year, Helena Capital are state champions in the Class AA. The Bruins marched to their second straight crown in dominant fashion. They played four matches. They only lost two Sets in four total matches, including a sweep of Helena High for the championship. In a Class A volleyball, Corvallis beat two-time defending state champion Billings Central in the undefeated semifinal, then swept the Rams in the finals to deny Central a three-peat. And Huntley Project, they've won 101 straight matches, three straight state titles, 11 out of the last 15 in Class B. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. The Montana State men's basketball team off to a very good start in Danny Sprinkle's first year as the head coach. Four and one, including coming off three straight wins at the Spartan Invitational in Greensboro, North Carolina. Danny Sprinkle joined us in just a moment. It's Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And on December the 7th, it's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., they're having their 7th annual snow day. It is the biggest sale of the entire year. It's one day only, December 7th, at Kurtz Polaris. Well, we go now to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the head men's basketball coach of the Montana State Bobcats, Danny Sprinkle. The Bobcats this season already 4-1, and one, coming off three straight wins at the Spartan Invitational, including, uh, well, you might have seen it on SportsCenter Top 10. A, it was the number one play. <laughs> game winner uh, from Harold Frey, an oh, more than half-court buzzer beater over UNCG. We appreciate Coach Sprinkle being on with us. Coach, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Just down here in uh, Phoenix getting ready for one more tonight. And, uh, obviously, we've been on the road for six days. We're excited to play tonight and get back home. 
Yeah, well, I would I would think you're doing pretty well, although a little road weary. But talk about your team first of all. I mean, let's talk about the play. I mean, you're sitting there. UNCG makes a layup with I think three seconds left to take a two point lead. You don't call a timeout. You say let's play this thing out. You give it to Harold Frey, and of course he barrels buries it from 75 feet or whatever it is. And I watched you on that play kind of shift up, and you kind of looked like you were getting ready. Okay, well we got to shake hands, and that's what it's going to be. And then the thing goes down, and I thought. Danny Sprinkle's ready to put his jersey on. He's ready to get out there and play. <laughs> no, Talk about hey. that moment, though. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was. Uh, I mean, I was in a complete crouch, and yes. uh, and I don't know what happened, but I'll tell you what: my knee hurt the next day. <laughs> I haven't jumped that high in a long time. But uh, I mean, what a what an incredible shot! Um, you know, by Harold, and it was it was great awareness by Almond who. Jabril did a great job, like contesting the shot, and he got hit in the chest and, and fell straight back. So he was down on his butt, and uh, Almond went and took the ball out and got it to Harold. And uh, obviously, the rest is history from there. I mean, he kind of made the shot just like we just like we draw it up as coaches, huh? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly right. He, he made us he made us look like we could coach, but uh, no, I mean it was just an unbelievable shot by Harold. Uh, you know, but. That was just one shot. You know, the people forget he hit a three at the end of the first half too, yeah. uh, which was which was huge, pulling us within four because uh, they had kind of pulled away a little bit. I think they got up nine, and we went on I think a five zero run to finish the half. Um, but you know, those are just you know, those are. I mean, obviously it's a huge play because everybody just sees the ending. But you know, there was so many plays within that game that that led up to that moment uh, from all of our players. Basketball is such a cool sport because it is a sport where you are consistently going to have wins and losses happen at the buzzer, one way or another. When it happens like that, though, yeah, obviously it's a high water mark emotionally in the moment. But what can that can that facilitate something in your team where there's just like a little bit more bounce, a little more juice as you go because of the way that went, and that can linger over time. Oh, no question, no question. I mean, it's obviously just beating a team like UNC Greensboro. I mean, that's an NCAA tournament team, you know, two or three of the last, you know, couple of years. And uh, they got a lot of veterans back. And so I think I saw some stat that we're, we're only the third team to beat them the last three years in their gym. Mm. And, uh, you know, for our, for our young team to do that, you know, kind of shows the belief that they have and, and, you know, the belief in each other, you know, um, you know, just our competitiveness and our resiliency is what really stood out to me when I watched that film because there were so many times where our guys could have, you know, they could have packed it in and just said, well, we played a really good team close at home. And, uh, you know, they weren't going to settle for that. Your team overall, 4-1, and one, you guys have been so good defensively, so improved compared to the last couple of years at Montana State defensively. And also on offense, it seems like you guys are playing with a pretty good flow, especially considering – you got a bunch of guys that are new to the program, relatively new with playing with each other. So overall, what's just your overall evaluation of the way you guys are playing five games into this season? Uh, really happy defensively where we're at. Um, you know, we're, we're playing team defense. Uh, we're really doing a good job, you know, shrinking the floor and getting back in transition. And, and that's something that we have to continue to work on and continue to get better at, you know, because we have to do that to win games. You know, we're not – you know, we're not talented enough and, and veteran enough yet to not do that. Um, you know, offensively, 
you know, I think we're doing a good job moving the ball. You know, we have to be prepared for, you know, people are going to do different things to Harold every game. They're going to trap him on ball screens. You know, who knows if, if we see boxing ones, triangle twos. We got to be prepared for everything. But, you know, proud of how everybody else is kind of stepping up, except especially, you know, some of the newcomers. Uh, you know, Michael Paulo's had some good games. Almond Adamu, Jabril Bellow's been a beast down low. And, uh, you know, it's, everybody's kind of, you know, they're sharing the ball. Um, you know, we're not just reliant on Harold. You know, against uh, Greensboro, that last second three he hit, that was the only shot he made in the second half. You know, but we still competed with a great defensive team uh, with him only making one shot in the second half. And so, you know, I mean, it, you know, everybody else, you know, every bucket of water, and, and that's what's kind of making us good so far. Danny Sprinkle joining us. He's the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. They're 4-1, coming off of four straight victories, headed to Grand Canyon University to play uh, game number six of the season. And, Coach, it must be nice to have a $5 million recruiting budget because you have gone all over the earth wherever you've wanted to get your team together. I mean, this is remarkable. you got Germany, England, Norway, Canada, obviously plenty of guys from around the U.S. as well. But where, you know, when you – Talk about the international flavor of basketball in general. Sometimes it takes a little while for that to make it to Montana. How did you go about with your staff collecting this group of guys that have played so very well? Well, I, you know, I mean, it's kind of just connections of, you know, where we know people. And yeah. uh, obviously a lot of the overseas connections, you know, Chris Haslam done a great job. You know, he obviously recruited Harold Bray, uh, you know, Jabril Bello. He actually, he had placed Ahmed Adamu with Coach Russell you know, who's on my staff now too. And so, you know, and obviously coach Russell coached Almond last year and had great things to say about him. And so obviously he came up too, but I mean, you know, you look, you know, even when Finn Flute and Borja that we got, you know, it was just kind of overseas connections and different people that we know. And, and uh, you know, we're fortunate, you know, and they're fits for Montana state. They're fits academically, you know, socially, they just, they love it. They're grateful for the opportunity that Montana state's given them. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, the one thing I can say is, you know, no matter how we play, is they're good kids, and uh, they're going to represent Montana State well, and and uh, you know, we're we're really fortunate to have the guys on our team that we do. Well, you're in sunny Phoenix. You got a big game tonight. We really appreciate you taking a couple minutes out on game day, but at Grand Canyon to end this road trip. And first of all, Coach, I know you you just got done with shoot around. I've heard that Grand Canyon's facilities are. Top notch. I heard that they've poured a ton of money into that program and that they are a definitely a program on the rise. So what's your experience been like so far in Phoenix and, and what do you expect from the game tonight? Yeah, no, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be rocking. We're actually driving to shoot around right now. We're actually on the bus there getting ready to pull into the arena right now to shoot around. But we um I mean it's probably the most raucous environment, you know, on this side of the Mississippi. Um I mean, their students, they were camping out yesterday when we practiced, you know, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, and they, they have two, 3,000 students literally camping outside. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be loud. And, uh, you know, it, it's great for our guys to experience this. You know, we've been through a similar deal at Utah State, uh, the first game of the year where they have a great student section too. And uh, it's going to be just like that tonight where, you know, sometimes you can't hear yourself. and We're going to have to have hand signals. Uh, you know, to correspond plays and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to us just being us. You know, we have to play. We have to execute. We got to take care of the ball. And, and, you know, above anything else, we have to guard. 
And that's one thing that we've done, you know, the first five games of the year, and, and we're going to need another effort like that tonight. Well, Coach, we'll, uh, last question for you here. Uh, you may be aware there's a football game also going on this weekend uh, in uh, in Bowestown. And so I know you've been on the road, but when you get back there, what do you think it's going to be like to be back on campus, and, and especially with your basketball team? What is the role? Because I know teams, you know, they want to be there for the other you know, teams within the department and all that. What's it like at Cat Grizz weekend going to be, especially when it's a home game for you? I mean, it, it's awesome because the whole town is just going crazy. And, uh, I mean, everywhere you go, I mean, all it's going to be this weekend is Cat Grizz stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's awesome. Like our new guys, our freshmen, they have no idea what's going on. Right. And, uh, but they're, they're about to find out when they get back to campus. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm smart enough because playing at Montana State, I know what goes on on Friday nights. And that's why we're going to have a, we're going to practice Saturday morning before the game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, it, but it'll be it'll be fun. I want our guys to enjoy it because you know that's one of the special things about you know going to school at Montana State is that rivalry, and uh, you know I want them to after practice be able to you know soak in that experience. Um, you know because it it is special. It's one of the, I mean I you guys know it, and you know the people that have been a part of it you know know that it's probably you know one of the five best rivalries in the country. You know. Well, Coach, we really appreciate it. Congratulations on, a, on an outstanding start to the season here for you. Best of luck tonight at uh, GCU, and we'll look forward to watching your team on uh, throughout the course of the season, okay? You got it. Appreciate you guys. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. At Gus Tutel, happiness at 1029 ESPN, joy at Skyline Sports MT, straight facts, information. Okay, that's what you're going to get. No hate, no misery, no condemnation. It's not what we're going to do around here. We have a little commentary from the best writer at Skyline Sports. Brooks is going to write. Ryan Tutel might be making oh, his boy. illustrious return. I don't know. No pressure. I mean, I did. I wrote. We're going to run out of time. I shouldn't even tease this. It's. I've written a line. You are putting me under the gun. Can I get a chicken sandwich out of this? Oh, sure. I'll, skyline I'll, I'll budget. I'll buy you a skyline. I'll buy you chicken sandwiches all weekend. Oh. 
I'll have it done in 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Gregorak going to be with us in about 10 minutes uh, to talk about all things uh, Cat Grizz-related football. Uh, obviously, uh, a long-standing coach with both Montana and uh, Montana State, and uh, we're certainly ha- looking forward to having him here. Stick around with us uh, for him at the top of the hour. But, Coulter, we got to talk about what happened in Dahlberg Arena last night, the Montana Grizzly men's basketball team. You know, we get everybody so pumped up about the football. You go, okay, well, what's going on in the basketball world? And Montana's, uh, Montana Grizzlies lost last night at home to Montana Tech, 72-74, the final of that game. Montana Tech had not beaten the Grizzlies since 1947. And this is, when was the last time that Montana lost to an NAIA team? I mean, I don't know, man. There's really no way to splice this thing. That was one of the worst losses in program history. It is awful. An, an awful, awful loss. And look, on one hand, you want to sit here and go, Montana Tech, you know, it, they, they came out and played a really good game. Uh, Sinadu Diallo was sensational last night. Really, really good player. And you go, well, where, how did Montana Tech come up with this guy? I mean, this is the real deal. But there's no... There, these are these are supposed to be quote unquote supposed to be scheduled wins. I mean that's what this is, and when you lose them, especially when frankly Montana has not been playing well. I mean you go you lose to Arkansas. Actually, the Arkansas game was was okay. They really, especially in the second half, played much better. Montana did, but in their opening game against MSU Northern, playing the lights. They pulled out a victory, but they did not look good in that basketball game at all. And then losing this game, I mean, that is a real that's that's to to lose to a non division one program as a division one school and a front runner in the conference. And we know what Montana has been in the last several years and what the expectations are. And and uh, starting with Travis Secure and and then fr- uh, from from there on out, really surprising to lose this basketball game. I wonder too, Coulter. I mean, you. Yeah, go ahead. A couple stats here from David in the back. Thank you, David. 1982 was the last time that the Grizz lost Mm. uh, to a non, or excuse me, that lost to an NAIA school period. Tonight, that loss to Tech was the first non-D1 loss since they lost to Alaska Anchorage, 2002-2003. I believe that was in the Greater Alaska Shootout, Mm -hmm. which Alaska Anchorage hosts every year and has attracted headliner teams, Michigan State, Duke. Many teams have gone up there and... uh, the last non-D1 home loss, 1980-1981 to Puget Sound. You know, this reminds me of uh, Kentucky-Evansville last week. Evansville beating what was then the number one team in the nation, the Kentucky Wildcats, in a, in a huge and disappointing and maybe embarrassing loss for Kentucky. But you know what we've seen at Kentucky since they've gone to the one-and-done model? I mean, the Calipari's been doing it forever. They get so much better over the course of the year, and part of it is because they have just a ton of children playing basketball that have never played the bas- basketball together, certainly not at that level. And Montana, I mean, they're incredible. This is one of the youngest teams that we've ever seen. I mean, you got Saeed Pridgett as the senior on there, uh, along with Kendall Manuel, but they're starting three freshmen, two or three freshmen, and four of them are getting really big minutes, either true freshmen or rotating guy, a uh, redshirt freshman. And that is, uh, I mean, you're seeing... The issues there. I think Travis DeCure, after the game yesterday, though, also questioned the respect, frankly, that they were giving to another team that you have to have your A game every night and show them respect. And when people say play the game the right way, that's what you have to do. And to not do that, it jumped up and bit them yesterday. And uh, this, is, this is a bad loss for the Grizzlies. We absolutely have to know that when you're playing a team like Montana Tech, it's their 
championship. They're, they're coming I mean, it's, for, they're it's coming their for everything. Super Bowl Absolutely. for lack of a co-sport analogy. Right. I mean, yeah, they are. And it's so often at that level, you're going to have a veteran team that's that's experienced and has played together. I mean, there's not like this crazy wave of transferring that goes on at the NAI right. level. Like there is a D1. Well, at least not against Northern. Northern out-executed Montana for three quarters of that game. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad loss, though. They, I mean, at the end of the day, Carroll College played for the NAIA National Championship a year ago. Montana Western has been perennial NAIA powers. Rocky Mountain College has been highly competitive, especially with Jared Samus in the last couple of years. Montana Tech's not good. They're not even good in the frontier. They were picked to finish fifth out of seven teams in the frontier. They're not even as good as Montana State Northern. So it's not as if you lost to a team that played for the NAIA National, NAIA National Championship last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is it's it's a bad loss. It's more than just a single loss on the schedule. It's two telling the one is one two nine ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Ty Gregorak in studio with us. It's Cat Grizz week. Well, he's about the best person you could ever have to talk about that and everything else surrounding it. Right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game. The Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 